0: Are you in your pajamas?
1: I am not in my pajamas.
0: What are you I am wearing? <laughs>
1: what am I wearing? I'm wearing my usual yoga togs. I voted today. I hope
0: them. you changed out of
1: your I'm pajamas. Of, they, they wouldn't have noticed.
0: Hello and welcome to episode 19 of Off the Charts, a stellar newscast. I'm Whitney Fishburne in Washington, joined from New York by my colleague, co-host, and fellow astrologer, Elizabeth Grace. Hello, Elizabeth. Hello,
1: hello. I changed out of my pajamas, and I went up, and I voted early and got a sticker, and it's an absolutely gorgeous day, Mm -hmm. which would be wonderful if it were September, but it really shouldn't be 65 degrees in New York in November. I'm sorry. So that's, I mean, it's gorgeous out. (laughs) Wish you were here.
0: Aw, yeah. well, it's 65 degrees as well here in Washington, and I wish I were there too. But I am enjoying my view. I am enjoying the view. The, late, the leaves this autumn have been the best ever that I can mm-hmm. ever recall mm-hmm. in 10 years of being in Washington. They're just, yeah, oh, I mean, wow. So looking at my window is just amazing. Yep. And I can see the National Cathedral rising above. It's fantastic. So anyhow, who are we? Elizabeth and who I are- Who
1: are we? Who, 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 who? <laughs> I we wondered are. if you were going to sing. <laughs> well, that is not Roger Daltrey. That's Elizabeth. No, I, that that was not an actual song that could be copyrighted. I actually made that up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're both renegades from corporate media. We report and analyze the cosmic impulses behind the news, and we want to show you how corporate media manipulates you into working against your best interests. We demonstrate how to anticipate the cycles and trends in the world, so that you can see the world is not linear. And you can learn to detect how the presumption of hierarchy's inevitability, which is what the media, the corporate media peddles, is actually separating you from yourself and from others. So instead, we bring you news from the ensouled universe, where cycles within cycles suggest there is a greater consciousness enfolding us. It is not linear. It moves through us and around us, and it has a larger intelligence, that extends beyond what we could ever possibly imagine. Most importantly, Elizabeth and I want to encourage you to participate in the unfoldment of what our, as in all of our universe has in store, and for you to trust it and not trust the status quo. So yeah, that's us. And that is a, a bit of a, um, an edit and a refresh to
1: our opening statement. What are we doing in this episode? So I'm going to explain uh, a few of the tar- transits that are happening right now and I'm going to tell you what a transit is because we have some new listeners. We are so excited that you signed up. So whoever shared this podcast with friends, uh some of your friends uh, responded to your suggestion and they're listening now and we're thrilled. So please keep sharing mm-hmm. this with the, with the universe. Which is great. Um, and I'm going to explain what retrograde means because we've got a planet that is retrograde that is calling a lot of focus right now in the cosmos and therefore, uh, by extension in daily life and our headlights. Mm -hmm. Um, I
0: think we're going to talk a little bit about how these are impacting our own charts. My, at least I have a story about how you can see the interplay of some of these heavy transits happening, um, personally, And let's see. Elizabeth is going to have charts in the news. And of course, we'll be talking about the attack on Nancy Pelosi's husband.
1: Oh, don't tell them. Don't tell them. Let it be a surprise. Okay. Well, okay. So don't
0: tell anybody. Besides, Uh, if you
1: tell them, then I have to remember to talk about them and I might forget.
0: You won't forget. I won't let you forget. And we introduced a brand new segment last episode. That is the Department of They. So we're going to have our next installment of the DOT. And have a special offer for patron subscribers that we want to tell you about. So that's what's coming up. All right, let's get this show on the road. How about the transits happening right now? And what's okay. a transit, by the way, because okay, we have new so, listeners.
1: Okay so, okay, so all right, so a transit, okay, it basically when we talk about, when we're talking about so-called current transits, we're talking about where the planets are right now. Where are they now? It's a transit. And when we're talking about how, where the planets are now, whether or not that's going to mean anything in your own personal world, i.e. your horoscope, it depends if where the planets are now are making contact. If we drew them on paper, we did a representation of them on paper, not in the actual sky. Pluto is not sitting on your head anytime soon. This is not going to happen. But on paper, Pluto very much could be sitting on, say, your Mercury, uh, making some contact with it, which would then there would be uh, a, a reflection of that. We see the suggestion that, for example, Pluto, which is the planet of extremes and amplification and power and perspective, if it was making a contact on paper with your Mercury, how you need to think and communicate, you would probably be going through a period in your life where you would be ruthlessly persuasive in your ideas and communication and possibly of influence and possibly tearing down belief systems that you no longer needed for the and and sort of emerging like a phoenix with a new way of thinking and communicating. Oh, is that what's happening?
0: Is that what's that's what I've been going through? (laughs) That's what you've been going through. (laughs) With Pluto
1: sitting on top of my Mercury natally. Sitting on top of your Mercury. Okay, exactly. So, So the current transits that are being reflected in the news a couple of things last week the planet jupiter which refers to expansion of it just jupiter expands it's big it is at a at a prominent place in the cosmic sandbox it's it's getting a lot of attention because it's close to one of the um it's close to one of the points associated with the equinoxes the changes of seasons the turning points it's actually sitting near the point that's associated with the spring this, the vernal equinox. Okay. That may be too technical. We may get cut out. But the fact of the matter is the planet of expansion shifted gears and left Aries where it expanded matters of the head as if everything was a new beginning and crusades and this and that. And it moved back into Pisces, now occupying the very end of the sign Pisces, which is all about the end. Pisces is the last sign in the zodiac and it's so jupiter the expansion is expanding this whole idea that oh my god it feels like the end of the world jupiter
0: loves being in pisces however that is its feminine temple that's the way i would say it in the whole sign system that i use but yes i know that elizabeth would agree with me that jupiter is very happy being in pisces
1: happy and effective right you know its comfort level suggests that it can operate effectively and so um most everybody that's making news right now has planets in, in their horoscope that are engaged with this Jupiter. Off the top of my head, Liz Cheney, Ted Cruz, uh, who else? Alexei Navalny, we haven't heard from him in a while, but we will. Edward Snowden was all over Twitter a couple days ago because this planet is, is activating his horoscope. Uh, Oprah Winfrey, we just talked about her before we started recording. She's got she's her horoscope is activated, so we may be hearing from her very soon. So that's what so so that's how these transits are reflected in real life. If your horoscope's affected by it, you can attract attention if you're a celebrity. Okay. The other thing that's happened that's very important. Mars, the energy of action, courage, aggression, war, guns, macho, turned retrograde meaning it it is now appearing to move backwards in the sky from our perspective on planet earth astrology is a language that expresses human experience through space and time from our perspective on planet earth It only relates, it gives meaning to life in this particular holodeck that we're on, which is Earth. So when a planet is retrograde, it's not really moving backwards. But because of its speed, a retrograde planet's speed relative to Earth as we are journeying around the sun, the retrograde planet, it's like if you imagine that we are Earth and we're in the passing lane on the freeway. We're in the left lane. We're passing a car, and the other car is Mars, a retrograde planet about to turn retrograde. As you are traveling and gathering speed and about to pass this car on the right, if you look over to the right as you're passing it, that car appears to move backwards as you pass it. Now, we all know this car is not moving backwards, but that's how it looks And that's how it looks, that's how Mars is looking right now from from our perspective on Earth. Now, what that suggests, because astrologers have this thing, as above, so below, it suggests that the energy associated with Mars themes, action, anger, courage, desire, cars, steel, war, lawsuits, starting a war, this energy is moving inward. It is appropriate for this energy to turn inward. For a review, for us to get in touch with our burning passions, but not to lash out because the energy is turning in, not to lash out. So if you, during this time between last, what was it, Sunday and January 12th, which is how long Mars will be moving backwards in the sky. If you are feeling angry, this is terrific. Grab a tennis racket and smack a pillow with it or howl at the moon beware of lashing out with this anger that you're in touch with because the chances are stronger than usual that it will backfire. Traditional wisdom holds that anybody that starts a war when Mars is retrograde is going to lose. It's a losing battle. So we have been seeing this in the news all over the place. Mars, for instance, Mars itself has made news. Uh, like There are a few different stories about, oh, it's, we're, we're, we're now on Mars looking for caves to live in. That was a story in the times. And, oh, wow, look, there was a big asteroid that slammed into Mars and, and Mars is experiencing, um, you know, earthquakes. So a whole pile of stories <laughs> wait, about Mars. Wait,
0: wait, 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 wait. rewind right. there. Wait, so we're going to move to cave. Is this where Elon Musk is going to live? Is in a cave on Mars? He's going to, his little still- Twitter
1: thumbs are going to be working away from his wait, little what? caveman hole. Uh, one can only hope, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, one can only hope. But anyway, so, so hopefully everybody understands. Okay. So hopefully you know what a transit is. You know what retrograde means. Mars retrograde, big deal, uh, big focus, huge focus on anger and aggression. Okay. So that's that. And then the other thing that's important about this particular time we're in is we are in between two eclipses. We had one on the 25th at two degrees of Scorpio, which was right on Hillary Clinton's Scorpio sun. And immediately she was in the news. She, she was part when we talk about the tw- what's been going on with Twitter. Um, oh, the other thing I need to say about Mars retrograde, Mars is retrograde it matters what sign is it traveling through because that's going to affect the, our experience and you know our marching orders for 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 handling it mars is in gemini the sign of the twins it was very interesting that we had a twin bombing in somalia a violent action that was called a twin bombing in somalia over the weekend the fact that twins are out there. Mars is the energy of war. Gemini refers to words. We're hearing a lot of talk about the weaponization of words—a war on words. Things you can and can't say, or words being used as weapons.
0: Yeah, and I, I also wanted to remind folks that when we first started to talk about this transit several episodes ago, we emphasized your insight, which has proven to be true. And I'm going to talk about it in my own experience that. Um, Mars in Gemini period. And then the fact that it's retrograde adds emphasis to this Mars and Gemini is, are you going to walk your talk? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. What, what's coming out of your mindset? And how, how is that reflected in your actions? Is there, are you, are, do your actions reflect your thinking and communication? And one of the things that, what, that Mars in Gemini, Gemini is the energy of diversification Gemini needs variety. Gemini says, why can't we do seven things at once? Why can't we have it all? So diversification in communication and thought platforms, Mars retrograde in Gemini, what a fascinating time for well, and Elon Musk to take over Twitter, which is, was a very focused and concentrated platform of a certain kind of thinkers. And now the challenge with Mars and Gemini is people are thinking of maybe we should leave and go someplace else to diversify and fragment.
0: Yeah. Okay. So two things on that, two comments on that, because I know that you're really kind of upset about this. (laughs) (laughs) I know know from talking to you. Um, I want to throw in there the fact that this retrograding Mars is making two really important aspects more than once. One of that is a square to Neptune, which is also retrograde and trying to Saturn, which is no longer retrograde. But I do think that that's important in this whole, um, taking into con it's it's worth taking that into context when we talk about what's happening with Twitter, because right now you have the square. So that means there's a 90 degree angle in between the orbits right now of that retrograding Mars and that retrograding Pisces. And so there's tension. I'm sorry, uh, Neptune. Thank you. Um, tell them what
1: Neptune represents.
0: Well, so I'm go- I'm getting ready to, but I'm going to okay. explain that when you have a 90 degree angle, the reason why that's tension is if you continue to extend those lines, you have a T-bone, right? So now who likes to get T-bone <laughs> that hurts. So that's what's happening. And, um, Neptune. So Elizabeth has already explained what Mars is, but Neptune brings a whole bunch of things, but none of it is hard. All of it is soft. (laughs) It's kind of like soft focus lighting. Um, It is foggy. It is delusional, but it's also beautiful and dreamy and shimmery and um, inspirational. Uh, It's soulful. It's uh, basically though it has no boundaries. So what we're having is this collision of something that is dynamic. I always think actually of Pisces, I mean, sorry, of Neptune as having this um, dynamic quality but a dynamic quality that comes out of a translucence. so if you were to look at sheeny s- sorts of organza or fabric that it depends on the light that it catches oh then it's beautiful and, it changes look, at the body, and everything. Look,
1: look at fish scales
0: yeah, exactly yeah so that you have this shimmer and it's dynamic but it's also really dreamy it's very um, elusive so we have that energy hitting as much as it can hit <laughs> being penetrated by this aggressive um, childlike. I also think of the Gemini energy as being very enthusiastic. You know, why can't I just? Se- yeah, you P- said seven things pixie. at once,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I'm thinking of the Gemini energy as being very childlike. And you know, when it's retrograde, sometimes it can also be regressive. So you know, I want what I want when I want it, and I'm angry about it if I don't get it. So there's a lot of that going on around this um, situation with Elon Musk taking over Twitter. If like me, you don't give a crap about Twitter, and I don't, I have been. I was on Twitter from the very beginning. And I dropped off of it because I just found that it was toxic and I wasn't getting anything out of it personally. And I, I, I very, 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 very discerning and limited when it comes to social media for a lot of reasons. But I understand the importance of it's Twitter. It's important
1: because what Twitter offered was an immediacy and yeah. access, right? To accurate Unfiltered. Immediate access to accurate information right you have all these journalists that are for some reason thinking they need to be tweeting all the time and so you have journalists that are in a courtroom or at the scene of something and getting you know sending out information immediately it used to be in the slow time you know maybe we could go back to it you know you put something in the mail when you had to send it to somebody nobody expected it the next day or within five seconds They knew the thing was going to come in maybe a week, and Walter Cronkite would tell everybody what was going on at six o'clock every day, and in between then, you can just go about your day, and then everybody show up at six o'clock for Walter Cronkite to tell you what's going on, so we were all unified in purpose and access to information. Twitter gave immediacy of information. It helped speed things up. Yeah, and from many, many different
0: perspectives.
1: Right. But you could find accurate information there. Now, with the new ownership coming in, the people who were giving the platform a sense of integrity are thinking, do I really need to be here anymore? And if not, where am I going to go?
0: So that's my second point. My second point is that we are not sure what this aggressive takeover is actually going to Create. And here, here's what I want folks who are upset about this to maybe consider. And this goes for you too. <laughs> I'm going to reiterate what I said to you yesterday. There is a moment in time right now where we can't imagine what's coming because it hasn't come yet out of anything that we've already known. Everything we know how to do status quo such as a six o'clock six thirty Walter Cronkite broadcast where the entire nation more or less is watching the same broadcast even though it might have been misogynistic or it might have been racist or whatever. It was right. unifying in that way. Mm-hmm. But what we are experiencing because of this other very powerful transit among many, but one of them being our Pluto return. And for lo- those of you who are new listeners, our Pluto return, I think you can go back to episode We're talking about the horoscope of the United States. We're talking episode about 10, I think. Right. Yeah. But um, regardless, the, in, a, in a shorthand, it's just, it means that we're having, a, we're having a reckoning. Okay. And I'll put a note into the show notes and you can look that up. But a Pluto return for any country is, is, is a moment of reckoning. People don't have Pluto returns because we don't live to be 250 years old. And that's essentially when you know, Pluto comes around. But that's happening. And that's happening in Capricorn, which is another, that is a sign that underscores status quo It's ruled by Saturn status quo. It's all breaking down. It is all breaking
1: down. It's governmental and government and corporate institutions, the structures, the pillars of society, breaking down the powers that be. And yes, breaking down, getting ready for a shift in the balance of power. We have had similar Pluto transits. We had one in the early 80s when Reagan came on board and shifted the balance of power and resources. Because it was square. Because it was square. We had one in the early 30s when FDR came on board and said, you know what, guys, let's build a whole new deal. Because it was opposite. Correct. And then we had another one that I can't remember when it was because I need the date because Pluto has a weird elliptical orbit. And so you can't just go back. Oh, it's happening every X years. You have to actually look it up. Um, And I don't remember when the last one was, but but Um, let me
0: just, I know, I know you've got a lot of feelings about this. So I just want to finish making, making the point, which is you already alluded to this. It's fractured. We have a lot of fractured media, but we already had a lot of fractured media and the fractured media was taking place on Twitter but you're seeing it as a unified situation and that it was a platform where many people could deliberately or or could deliver information very quickly, but you had to know what you were looking for. You did, Mm -hmm. you had to set up your filters and know what you were looking for. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that kind of primed people to be thinking in not only fractured ways, but specific ways, but also I think of it as fractals, right? Mm -hmm. Fractals, which going back to Neptune, Looking at those fish scales, it depends on your perspective, but it's still going to be holographic of the entire fish. You're going to be looking at it and getting a different feel, a different color, a different tone of the bigger animal. And I think we are having to get into a a headspace where we're going to have to get used to that because that's what's coming. That's what's being flashed from those scales is coming. And we don't know how to do that because we've never had to do that. So imagining what's coming It's hard right now, but it may very well evolve out of the skill that we've come to have as people who are online and savvy in that way. And then it will come from that. And we haven't had the moment of imagining that yet because we're still waiting for the rest of the structures to completely collapse. But it may be that all of those fractals will bring people together in small ways where they are focused on their communities mm-hmm. and they are able to get things done without worrying about what does the status quo at the top, the hierarchical top, tell me I have to do. So I am looking at this and thinking, Elon Musk, you are a massive twit. Twitter is really appropriate for you. But ultimately I don't care, I don't care because I think if we focus correctly, we can actually use this as a lever to promote even more democracy. So that's my take on it.
1: Yeah, Uh, yeah. And when you think about what's gonna happen in February when Pluto goes into Aquarius and activates another pattern we've been talking about, the Jupiter-Saturn conjunction at zero Aquarius that happened at the end of just on this winter solstice of 2020, um, um, which was, was a whole new ball game. You know, we've been saying this, the new paradigm is air. Whoever controls the networks and the information and how we think, they win. So Yes, but Aquarius it, is about the people. It is about the, exactly. It is about the people. So what's interesting is you have Elon Musk coming in here uh, with this big stinky smell, which was the symbolism of last week's eclipse. Uh, it's just unbelievable. His name is Musk, okay? That is a perfume uh fixative and it has a it has a very you know you you know good lord it stink it stinks up the whole room and that if, if you look at my forecast for the new moon and read about the symbols that of this new moon but there the, you know that are associated with this particular planetary configuration which was a new moon and an eclipse it is about this noxious arresting scent that Coming from a deer sack from a deer sack of a nail beast um so uh, crazy how literal
0: astrology can be sometimes. it is
1: amazing how literal i'm telling you what's amazing about tracking astrology and the headlines is that the actual headlines will reflect the the words reflect the patterns do we have any other
0: transits we want to um uh, well,
1: well, we have another, so we're in a time this week, you know, we had a uh, Mercury square Pluto on the 27th, which knew some underground, powerful, persuasive, you know, thoughts coming up. And we certainly had a weekend of that uh, when the campaign trail was, uh, I mean, powerful words from our president also affected by this stuff. And the former president, uh, President Obama were, were they were, I mean, the, this the words, but in this time between the 27th and Monday, no Saturday, when when we'll ha- we're we have a week of no exact planetary aspects, which suggests to me that you know there, there may be a shoe that drops before Saturday, and it's today is Wednesday, so we'll see. Unless we count the uh, uh, the assault on Paul Pelosi, which in some way I think was one of those something has come out that is not going to be you can't put that back in the bottle. There right. was an, there right. was an attack, right. there was an attempted assassination and the opposing party normalized it. And right. that, and that Pr- pretty made, darn quickly, they, pretty darn quickly. And no one said, no one said that I, I, actually one person said it yesterday, but only after it came out that the, um, that the assassin, uh, the would-be assassin was Canadian. Okay, that's. I think that's the only reason that uh, uh, I don't even know mention this woman's name. But she finally came out and said, "Well, if only he'd had a gun." Uh, but nobody else was saying. Wait, that. you mean who, who? If only who had a gun? If Pelosi? only Paul Pelosi yeah. had a gun, then this never would have happened. And so this is why everybody should have a gun. But the but the yeah. Why the, do
0: you it, think the Republicans I mean, didn't go with that? That's their usual.
1: Because it wasn't an immigrant, a person of color. Or somebody who had some kind of politics. But they still like,
0: hate him. They still hate Pelosi and her husband. No, they, I mean,
1: No, but if Pelosi had a gun, then he would have shot the guy who was, uh, who was, uh, who was I know, one of what, them. I got And that. they're not going to advocate for that. They're not going to. Oh, yeah. Which is why
0: they, the cops didn't shoot him because he wasn't black.
1: Precisely precisely they did not they they, in my opinion okay that's my opinion my opinion is they've walked in if they saw a person of color there they would have immediately assumed that that person had no business there and they would have taken a stronger approach with that person but because he they walked in and they saw this 42 year old white person they weren't sure well you know maybe it's the prodigal son and they didn't know and so they didn't they just immediately they didn't make take him out but they and would so have.
0: in their presence he took the hammer to
1: and, the and, speaker and
0: of the house's husband's husband skull
1: lay in a pool of blood and uh, and it was it was a metal an instrument of metal which is interesting because mars is retrograde but whatever okay so but um but um yeah i, I it was surpri- it was surprising that they were not saying if only I just didn't, I, the only person the only person that I know, the only Republican lawmaker I know that finally did say something after it was revealed that the would-be assassin was Canadian, not an American.
0: Yeah, I don't get that. What's that astrologically, do you think?
1: <laughs> that makes no sense to me. What's what astrologically?
0: The fact that he's Canadian. Is there a, a transit that kind of speaks to that?
1: Uh, I think that the, that's a great question. I think that the, old guard versus avant-garde tension suggested by the square the, the tension the conflict between saturn which is the old guard patriarchy keeping things the way they are in aquarius which is progressive the people innovative unconventional swearing uranus which rules Aquarius and is progressive and disruptive and innovative, but it's in Taurus, which likes to keep things the way they are. So we're seeing a lot of really weird, I don't know. And then, you know, the election in Brazil, a godsend for the rainforest, you know, the Jair Bolsonaro was defeated by a narrow margin because it has, it's not clear whether the future or the past is going to win, although the future always does, but so he's the, he is like the old guard fascist in a way, but the person who beat him is their former president. So he's like the new guy coming in to be progressive, but he's also the old guy. So Saturn and Uranus are are trying to figure out, you know, it's like, it's hard to see what's really innovative. So with this guy, so this would be assassin, he started out as a, you know, green party registered nudist loving hippie. Seriously, that's what he was, but he's from Canada. So this is this is he, this should be a progressive person and yet he's not. What well, wait,
0: just cuz he's from Canada it makes
1: him well, no, people <laughs> think of can, People think of Canadians. They, you know, when you think of Canada, you, there is the perception I think if, in, in America that people in Canada are more peaceful and they're friendly and you know, if you read, you know, uh, they, they, nobody locks their doors and you know, but that's also changing. But the fact that this guy was Canadian he so he's not the typical there's something unconventional about this person you can't really put them in a stereotypical box because there are differences about it yeah okay you see yeah, you know, they- like 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 Kirsten Cinema made news we talked about her horoscope before here's this bisexual person with pink hair and in a, a jean jacket Who's presiding over the Senate as a Democrat? You know, living in a garage, you know, like a gas station or something, when she was a child, very poor, and yet, you know, her big best friends these days are private equity companies. Mm-hmm. So it's like, but she, but you look at her and you go, but you should be progressive, unconventional, and she looks the part, but that's not what she mm-hmm. stands up for. That to me is the tension between the avant-garde and the old guard. Does that? Do you follow? Yeah, I I guess
0: I was just thinking, uh, I do like the idea that it's unconventional. Where's Uranus in all of this? I guess you said you mentioned Taurus. So Uranus is in there, but uh, because Uranus, of course, for new listeners is um, the planet that we look to for indications of shock, liberation, change, freedom, things that are very unconventional. I actually, I'm just, um, I keep going back to this childlikeness of Gemini.
1: Peter Pan. Peter Pan was a Gemini. Yeah. Never going to grow up
0: and and that that i think is the real uh, tenor of all of this to me is this i'm going to actually talk about that let me let me go if folks don't mind i'm going to tell you a little bit about how these transits are impacting me personally but i i think that this idea of the way it's supposed to be not just in taurus which you made mention of but this idea of the way it was and never can be again. So yeah, that never, never land experience. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was thinking about when I saw this guy, David DePap or Pape is his name, the attacker. I don't know.
1: I haven't heard. I have never, I, I get all my news. Re, I read it. I never hear yeah, anybody say that's, the name. That, I, that's I why I'm it. not sure. Yeah. But I, I
0: look at his picture and I think you just never wanted to grow up. And so you want attention. So that is that sort of Gemini turned inward Um, with the fog, and you're not really sure who you are and what you're all about. And it doesn't matter because what you're looking for is attention. So here's the way that I am experiencing and suggest maybe in a more general way, you could, as a listener, consider Mars retrograde and Neptune retrograde in this very tense aspect right now. It's bewildering. It's sexy.
1: Mm -hmm. It's seductive. It's scandalous. It's fanatical.
0: It can but that's not how I'm experiencing it folks mine is much more boring
1: <laughs> all right let's hear it. mine is way more
0: boring She's but let tell this, but you were correct you are correct that is one way you can experience it um, uh, and you know what I you you mentioned this and I want to go back to this before I forget uh, you were talking what not to do during a Mars retrograde period. It is in Elizabeth's forecast. She has a really nice and tidy list. Don't do these things during a Mars retrograde. You will regret it. Avoid can- them. Sometimes yeah. you
1: have to, okay. You know, if you're inside a, you a bus too, and you good. have to go to the hospital, they're going to, they're going to need to do surgery. You're not going to tell your doctor, wait, no, don't, don't save my life. Mars is retrograde. I mean, but doesn't on.
0: that, doesn't that sound like a very Mars retrograde experience though? <laughs> So you can get that at graceastrology.com. So but, there you if you go, you want, but if
1: you're thinking about getting a facelift, maybe you do it when Mars uh, no. is direct, you know? Uh, so, no.
0: and, yeah. and make sure that okay. Venus is not retrograde either. And make sure Venus either. is
1: happening. Right now, Venus is in Scorpio. It's combust. So you really do not want to get a facelift mm-hmm. right now. Do not get... Do you hear me, listeners? <laughs> Don't you even think about getting a facelift oh my God. or a boo- frightening, me. right now. I'm telling you, you'll Holy regret it. God.
0: Okay. I'm scared now. Hold on.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what to do. You
0: freaked me out. You were looking really scary through the camera there. I can't (sighs) Venus and Scorpio. I guess you could do that if you wanted to hide, right? If you were going into the witness protection, then you would because Venus Scorpio, and then on you know combust under the sun. You (laughs) (laughs) could I please tell my story. She's going to tell. Yeah, this square is happening across the eleventh and the eighth houses in my whole sign chart. Okay, which means that. I have no intercepted cusps. This is happening across my, um, my chart. Mars is in the 11th and Neptune is in the 8th. That's how that's working out. And um, back to that idea of Mars retrograde Gemini, a month, long, a seven month long season of walking the talk. So I talked about in episode 18 that I've been having some serious uh, shakeups, shall we say, concurrent with the eclipses, which are very much impacting my chart. And they're hitting um, some very tender places in anyone's chart called the angles. Okay. So if you look at a chart in 360 degrees, every 90 degree is an angle and every single the one compass of those points. Yeah. All of them. Imagine in my,
1: it's the compass points. She's getting it from all angles. I
0: am. I'm getting hit. And I have this eight sevens or this uh, 11, eight situation happening. And here's the way it's coming out for me. 11th house dreams, hopes, groups that you associate with, friends, and eighth house, esteem of others, but also death. That's where we look for implications of things that are dying, the past, what we have to let go of. So in a sense, you think about with the hopes and dreams, what is becoming versus what has been, right? So the past versus the future, but with eclipses, things often get reset. Okay. So with the situation that I'm in, it's very, very complex, but I'm just trying to focus on this idea of Mars going retrograde in the house of dreams and hopes and groups, and then Neptune, which is bringing its unclarity, but also its dreams being retrograde in the house of what people expect from me and what I also might want to let die. Right. So there's this tension between these things. So I am thinking of that childhood aspect of, of, of things that nostalgia that, well, this is how it was. And this is how I want it to be, but that's the past. Right. And so Mars is going through that, that tension with Neptune across these places where you would look for, what can I let go of? Or if I don't let go of it, what will hamstring me and make me cling to almost like an addiction and an addiction to it being more like an addiction to the nostalgia of what it was. And, Will there be resistance from people who want me to keep it that way? Or will I resist when other people say, no, it can't be that way. So that sort of, well, whose talk am I going to walk? Is it going to be my own or is it going to be someone else's right? Because there's resistance from Mars, but it's going retrograde. So it's, it's reconsidering things. Anything that goes R E right. As Elizabeth Mm -hmm. will tell you, if, if you work with her, she'll say during a retrograde period, think about re-evaluating, rethinking, reviewing, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So that's happening for me in my house of uh, dreams and hopes and groups, while it's also tension with what should die and what dreams might come out of letting things die. And I go right back to what I was talking about before with Twitter. Maybe it's time to just let things collapse, let them die because something new can and will emerge and worrying about the esteem of others can become an addiction. That is true. That can become an addiction. And I think of Gemini energy as being very childlike. And when it doesn't get what it wants, it insists sometimes that it must have that if it's going to oddly be able to continue to be childlike, but you have to grow, you have to grow. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm just seeing this as a really important transit period, not only personally for me, but for the nation. And there's so much, I mean, any time is an interesting time. These times, right? (laughs) We don't live in boring times. Right. But when you break it down this way, you can see that there is something struggling to be born while looking over its shoulder and wondering, can I do this? Should I do this? Will it be okay if I do this? And maybe the answer is, don't worry about that. Just do it.
1: So, yep. This is good. Here is my lived example of Mars retrograde in Gemini. I went to the farmer's market on Sunday. Mars was at a virtual standstill because it had just turned retrograde. So from our perspective on planet Earth, it wasn't moving at all. Every freaking stand had a line out to the end of the block. Nothing was moving. The cars were not moving and they were blaring their horns. That's my Mars retrograde story. That's simple. And so I looked at it and said, okay, I know what this is. I'm just going to play Scrabble on my phone. While I'm waiting to buy yogurt <laughs> and I'm going to get there and they're going to tell me that they stopped making ice cream, which was the best ice cream in the world and they don't make it anymore. Okay. Love that story. Actually, that's I love- my story. It just, I-, I, I, it, I was like, I made the decision to wait. I was like, you know what? There's not going to be another space that's going to be flowing because I know what's going on in the cosmos. We're stuck. Okay. I brought a Scrabble game. I'm good. That's my coping strategy. And I'm not going to get upset.
0: Isn't it funny though how if you really do understand what the transits symbolize, you can see it around you in the smallest things, in the littlest Instantly. things? Instantly. Yeah. Instantly. All the mm-hmm. time. Mm
1: hmm. Mm hmm.
0: So yeah. we've been talking about um, all of these people in the news. You want to talk a little bit specifically about the charts and make a few predictions? They're just. I think, you know what, I think, Elizabeth, I'm sorry to jump in there. No, it's okay. One what? thing we really need to talk about, even if we don't get into the specifics of all of these other charts, is the election day coming up. Because that is happening on a very, very
1: big day astrologically. And we should mm-hmm.
0: brace people for what to at least expect energetically.
1: So um, if you're listening to this on Friday and your state has early voting, go and vote over the weekend, for God's sakes don't be out on election day. I don't I'm not saying this to scare you because I'm going to be in the polls, but um, I'm just saying it, it just, it, what we have on election day, we have a full moon. So emotions are running high. Okay. The moon is in Taurus where it functions extremely well. And generally speaking, I will say this about a Taurus moon um, as rattled as the moon in Taurus is going to be because it's going to be conjunct in the early morning, what we have probably, we have a full moon happening at 6.02 a.m. on the East Coast. So full moon, which is also a total lunar eclipse. So there's going to be, in the aftermath, there's a blockage of energy that's going to lead to some revelation and release.
0: I hate to remind folks too, but it's also called a blood moon.
1: Okay. Blood moon. Great. All right. Fine. Lovely. Lovely. Okay. So so it's going to be, so we've got that. And then So, but the Taurus, the need of the Taurus moon is actually to keep things as they are and keep things calm. The challenge is who gets to decide how things should be? What, what, whose material, material comfort? What is material comfort and security? It's according to whom. So, we have this energy to keep things as they are. So, maybe things might be calmer that day than, than we would think, even though there's a full moon. The moon is in Taurus, which tends to like want to not rock the boat. But, The moon is disrupted by Uranus at 747 AM immediately after this eclipse. So we start the day off with a surprise and with a surprise, oh, we didn't see that coming. That then becomes an effort to regain control around 1119 AM East Coast time because the moon will square Saturn. So it's a little, you know, what happened to me uh, last week here, astrology in real life. We have this similar pattern anytime the moon is in Taurus, Leo, Aquarius, or Scorpio. For the next few months because Saturn and Uranus are in those signs they're in the fixed signs so in order to get through the day the moon which is the flow of energy of that day has to engage with both of them within a few hours of time which can be disruptive it's it, it's like they' it, it's 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 like an accordion that goes out and in and like they don't know what they're doing so last week, when we had, This happened on, I think it was Tuesday. Yeah, it was Tuesday. Tuesday morning, Moon smashes into Uranus, grabs control with Saturn. The leaf blowers, eight thirty in the morning outside my window. (laughs) Eight thirty in the morning. (laughs) Oh, they are the bane of my existence. Right. You want to talk about? You want to talk about a shock to the system? And so I'm up. So after experiencing this, which is against the rules of our co-op, you're not allowed to be running around with heavy machinery before ten o'clock. I am playing, I'm in moon Saturn mode, demanding control and suppression and limitation with the super of the building and and writing the board and saying, look, we've had this discussion how many times? How many times have we had this discussion? I understand that the board members, none of the board members live on this side of the building. Because if they did, this would have been fixed 10 years ago. but they don't. So it's not their problem. It's like, well are we, we, we talking about this They're not So getting back to all right, so so after we get through the noon hour, then you know things sort of mellow out a little bit. There's fierce idealism, but humming in the background is this disruptive energy of the sun, which will be in Scorpio about to oppose Uranus. I call it Uranus. That's how my teacher pronounced it, Uranus, instead of Uranus, because that's icky. Okay, so Uranus, same thing, disruption. So we have that kick in at 3.26 a.m., on wednesday morning so however the returns however they're coming in there's going to be disruption there's going to be disruption and then so it's i think we're going to have in the aftermath of the election we may have something similar to what we had in 2020 where we we didn't know where things were going it it took a it took a week to for things to settle down to finally Mm -hmm. see okay what do we have here what and and so that's we need to be prepared for that and I think things will settle down and be chill by the time we get to the fifth. By the time, maybe sooner, but by the time we get to the fifteenth, maybe sooner, things will be um, more uh, balanced and calm. But it's go vote early if you can. Just go vote early if you can, because they're go- they're going to be sending poll watchers down there I and mean, what they're doing in some states they've got people that are just challenging every signature just because well not no them. it's just
0: don't call them poll watchers poll watcher sounds then, like harmless and legit they're sending people armed with video cameras with guns with you know they're, they're they they're can't really, bring,
1: no in the polling stations themselves. but they
0: are pushing the boundaries
1: yeah but you cannot bring a camera and a gun into a well you probably have gun into, but not you can't bring a camera in most places but you're not supposed to
0: it, they're, but you're not supposed to, but they're okay. going to find way. They're going to use tactics,
1: which is Gemini, which is Mars and Gemini. Mars mm-hmm. and Gemini is tactical. It's the, there's no real grant. There's no big plan here. It's also just Mars
0: and Gemini loves
1: weapons. They find that, Yes. The web the, and they're clever about it, but Gemini mm-hmm. is more in the moment, you know, whack a mole. Whereas so it's, it's basically it's, it's an immediate. Okay. Right. Yeah. Like a
0: hammer to the skull.
1: But but I'm saying there's no real overriding philosophy behind it. It's just they're just going to do whatever, whatever serves the purpose in the moment. But anyway, um, I'm just go vote before Election Day, which will keep the crowds down, which will be helpful to everybody. And we are seeing a massive turnout. I think, you know, people are showing up for early voting. They are doing this. And that's great. So go vote early, because with Mars currently retrograde, which is what we had last in the election in 2020, we had Mars retrograde in Aries, and we had lines out the door. Things can feel like a truck spinning its wheels. Um, the one thing that I find is hopeful, and I've said this before, um, I think it is very hopeful that the chart for the 1973 Roe versus Wade decision is being activated by jupiter from all angles meaning so it's getting the energy of expansion from all angles and jupiter is in pisces the very end of pisces even though it feels like at the end of the world feels like the end of the world oh my god it's the end of the world okay well a new cycle is just around the corner feels like the end of the world but at least pisces jupiter and pisces has empathy so and it's interesting that Jupiter is activating the horoscope of the Roe v. Wade decision. So I I think that's going to be reflected in, um, you know, uh, people who are people responding to Mm -hmm. that decision are going to expand it. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, and it's also retrograde, Jupiter's retrograde. So they're going back to review what happened. You know what, we did talk a lot about the charts in the news regarding just the events, uh, Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi's husband being whacked on the head and all of the disgusting response from um, people who are just acting like they've never and truly been raised by normal people. Um. Do we want to talk about why, though, in her chart that was indicated and why this is, you know, like why we shouldn't say, well, that came out of nowhere, because it really in some ways didn't come out of nowhere. And that's not the excuse. That's just saying, isn't astrology amazing how it's showing that um, to my point earlier, you know, the poison is all being let out. All of the crap is coming out because it has to come out. Now is the time this stuff is coming out because of the Pluto return, the extreme toxic conditions around a, to- a Pluto return are almost inevitable. They've got to come out. We've got to examine all of this. And then we're going to go from wherever we go after that. But Pelosi's chart is not surprising. If you want to talk about that,
1: a couple of major events, people who have planets that were affected by the eclipses we had in November of 2021 and may. Okay. So Nancy Pelosi has I don't want to get into the specifics. I just want to say that Nancy Pelosi has planets in her horoscope and angles of her horoscope, which are the most sensitive to transits that are affected. So we could tell that in mid-August, there was going to be a surge of action going on in her life. It was going to demand attention. It was going to move very fast. So two things that happened was she went to Taiwan and, and that was a very disruptive thing and it seemed to come out of nowhere, but there it was. And, you know, we, and and the area of her horoscope that was lit up was the energy of action and travel and foreign affairs. And so, okay, that was interesting. And then the other thing that happened was that her husband, Paul Pelosi, um, you know, was going home from a from a some event or something, and he he was pulled over and his blood alcohol level tested higher than the legal limit in the state of California. So he's dealing with that. Okay, so that was August. But meanwhile, another aspect that's happening, not only is her horoscope been eclipsed, moving things forward, accelerating progress. I mean, it's just, you know, we're, we're starting to see how heroic she was in the January, on January 6th when she's working the phones with Mike Pence and and Chuck Schumer and trying to get some rescue help to, to get the Capitol back together so that they could certify the, the election. The other thing she has going on is she has a, she has a couple of key planets at that are affected by this Saturn Uranus square so it's on the one hand streamlining and controlling with a sense of potential with either ambition or loss and it also may be disruptive and on a personal level one of the planets that's affected is her moon which is about which is personal domestic concerns so we can see patterns in her horoscope where some provocation involving her partner would be brought would be brought forth you know it's like it's amazing that the it was reported yesterday that you know they had television cameras they have security cameras that were placed outside her house and there are people in washington at capitol police
0: and they were watching them
1: and they were not They were not sitting there staring at the screens like they're supposed to 24-7. They noticed they didn't see the action until the police had already arrived. And you know, they're like, oh, there's a police cruiser outside that house. Let me review the tape. And then they review the tape. And they realize, you know, like 10 minutes too late that um, they really should have been paying attention to that camera. Yeah. But, you know. But anyway, so her horoscope has a lot. There's just a lot going on. And this is a very significant time in her life development, and it will continue to be a significant time in her life development as we move into early 2023, you know, by February and then into next year. Let's
0: move on to the Department of They, the
1: DOT, the
0: Department of They. They. So last... Episode we um, we talked about how the media just reported stuff that made no sense to report and didn't challenge things that they should have challenged when it came to a a politician. So I'm going to move away from politics and I'm going to talk to folks about um, just like the usual grind of a usual day in any reporter. You know whatever their their specialty. Mine when I was a reporter I used to cover healthcare. And I covered medicine, I covered health sciences, I covered pretty much the only thing I didn't ever cover in healthcare was eyeballs. I still get a jillion press releases all the time from PR folks. And this one I got was promoting a company that wants, you to, ver- that wants to virtually coach you against feeling badly about your weight. It was saying that a quarter of the people in this country are not going to enjoy their holidays. So a quarter of our listeners are not going to enjoy their holidays. Why? Because they're going to be so obsessed with how the holidays are going to make them gain weight. And then a third of us are not going to enjoy the holidays because we're going to be annoyed that we have to eat things that we don't want to eat. I think... Within the paradigm that we've been talking about, if you're thinking para- if you're thinking hierarchically, if you're thinking um, linearly, then it's great, right? The paradigm of there being a specific way that we should all eat and look or weigh, the way that we're supposed to have a relationship with our food, fine. This does not raise eyebrows. This has a lot of merit, actually. This could be very helpful, this virtual company. Remember what I just said about you know expectations and thinking differently about what the status quo wants us to do. This is the box that you have to be in. This is the way you're supposed to do anything, including eat. I mean, this to me is so crazy because all it really is doing is just... Oh, Curtains they're, pro- just they're, fell down. they're
1: they're programmed the curtains the curtains just the curtain just fell there's your eclipse <laughs> no that's my yes that's <laughs> <laughs> i was doing monty python but yes the holy ground i'll take it my curtains just collapsed folks. It's oh my god i've got work to do after this banish that idea from your head no, seriously. I mean, I'm, I'm like, okay. It's like, so they're sending you this crap, and they're putting all this anxiety and, and, and focus yes, they're selling it. fear, they're selling fear, and, and, and I, and I don't measure up to anybody else, and it's mm-hmm. just like, shut up. I'm gonna eat what I'm gonna eat. Go away. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, but, well, you've, you've, you've stolen my thunder there. No, who, I did, and I did, and I, did. I didn't. No, well, I no,
0: because you're really, you're pointing at it. Like, who is who are these people to tell you that you have to be in an d- ideal way anyway? Well, and in the aggregate, that message comes from the media, but it also comes from the government. Because I was just thinking, like, oh, she's she's look at all of these scientific references she's put here. Look at hers, and she cute? all of this science, except for that. All right, I'm a former former clinical medicine reporter and an editor, and my job was to analyze every scrap of scientific data ever put under my nose, mm-hmm. and. I can tell you, no matter what it was that I had to analyze, there are two fundamental truths that were at the bottom line of everything that I ever did. And that was the bottom line because every single scientific study done in this country is done by industry. Well, nearly every single scientific study. I mean, it's almost, I can say that almost categorically, truly funded by industry, okay? So it's never unbiased because industry doesn't want to fund something that's not going to be to their advantage. And then the second thing is that, Anybody doing a, a study is doing it to keep their job. You only get tenure or you only get funded and you only get kept on in a lab if you publish. So you're doing whatever it is you're doing, hoping somebody's going to publish it. And so you will do whatever you have to do to get your scientific results into the public eye and so many times i would read these these studies and i go no duh or this is stupid this doesn't add anything to anyone's life but then it gets generated into a press release writer and blah, 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 blah. and basically I, it's I, just a, it's a fear I, market it's I, all I, about I, selling I, you fear
1: I have to share something since you're talking about food, I got to share something because I went through a period like about seven or eight years ago when I started seriously looking at like, what am I eating? And I read very interesting books, like the, the China study, for example, the China study, which um, this comprehensive study where they went to China and they said, all right, these people over here are living for a really long time. And they don't have any heart disease and they don't have any of these stupid things that Americans get like diabetes and clogged arteries. What are they eating? Let's take a look at what they're eating. And so they looked at, they looked and they were like, wow, they're eating a lot of vegetables and a lot of grains and not so much meat. And that's great. So they would, so these people figured this out and then, and then they would be in policy meetings with the government, with, public policy people who are setting dietary guidelines and there were with like the, the agricultural department or whatever or the, and then there would be the guy from the beef industry or or the or the massive you know the beef industry guy would be there and and it's like well we don't want to say that We don't want to be telling people that. And why
0: was he there in the first place? Because somebody paid for him to be there. Yes. And, and, you know, I wasn't going to go here, but I will tell you this straight up. I saw it as a Capitol Hill reporter. Thank you, Newt Gingrich. He gutted the budget and then it stayed gutted for any research to be done. So the amount of research that actually gets done by congressional staff is so minimal. Who does the research instead? The lobbyists staff. Yeah. The lobbyist people write what's going into policymaking now. And mm-hmm. do you think that they are unbiased? No, no, they're not. Anyway, I didn't want to go. No, but no,
1: think. but I'm, so while we're talking about diet for the holidays, the China study is a really great book, highly recommended, and it speaks to what you're saying.
0: Do Which your is, own
1: research. Well, that's all I was going to say is
0: the yeah. Department of They yeah. has an agenda. Mm-hmm. So if you're thinking, well, but science says, well, first of all, why do you care what science says? And I'm not saying science sucks, folks. I'm a science writer. <laughs> right? <laughs> but check the science. Who's going to benefit from the science? Who funded the science? I have another friend who says science is for rich people. And she's a pharmacist. So she's a scientist, too. And she sees it firsthand. Science is a weapon here we are, Mars retro- retrograde in Gemini. Be.
1: It can be a weapon if somebody has a financial interest in wanting to present a certain perspective, like, oh, I'm Exxon and I just have record profits. Yeah, this but year, you know what? Like, that doesn't year. matter. That's happening no, whether or
0: not Mars is in retrograde. <laughs> I mean, no, in Gemini.
1: No, it does because it's reviewing your information sources. It's Mars retrograde in Gemini is you know re- walking, but we're 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 talking just coping strategies for life, which could be useful. My point is, oil companies suppressing the knowledge of climate change. They knew about it. They put out studies. Another bullshit thing that came out, uh which was very Mars Neptune Mars Square Neptune in my opinion, huge. And it was when Saturn turned direct, a, n- a reminder that one of the biggest scams, cons the plastic industry has dumped on us is this notion that recycling plastic is going to save the planet.
0: I actually have always wondered, did we really need all of the water did we really need all the water? We had public water fountains. We just needed to take better care of our water supply. We didn't no, need to generate a no, million, let, trillion million trillion water finish, bottles. No,
1: but let me finish that thought. No, we didn't. But you know who benefited the plastics industry because they got to make the they got to make the bottles and make lots of money. Bingo. But, but my point. Okay, so the, so the um, so the so this is a big con because it's only a small percentage of plastics that actually of anything that's recycled that actually gets used but what happened was the the industry people pushed these programs as kind of a you know like a little like like take this valium you know you're going to feel better about the environment if you're recycling it was like a valium it was drugs plastics the same thing so you're carefully sorting your garbage, but really, this stuff doesn't. It it really didn't get recycled because, and they dumped it on consumers to fix this problem instead of legislators going. You know what? This is a problem, dudes. Corporate people, you need to come up with a different packaging because this is causing a huge problem for the planet and for and for public, you know, trash programs that have to deal with all this stuff. And the reason we have all this stuff isn't that consumers want this convenience. It's because you've convinced them that they need to have it this way. And you should like come up with a different narrative. This is. This supports the department of they. You need to be thinking who who is telling you you have to have this thing and selling you on a convenience. Who's really benefiting here? Okay, I'm getting it. Well, yeah, yeah,
0: well, I mean, well, my point was just going to be that this woman was she was trying to use me to write a story or whatever Uh um, to sell fear to our listeners. And I don't right. think she'd be happy to know what I did do with this press release, which is to tell people, look, is this-, this is this is fear mongering. Don't don't buy into it. The only science you can count on is the sun coming up and the sun setting, or whatever it is that you can actually observe over time with your own eyes. That's your baseline. And from there, you can ask questions and you can, you know, find people that you trust who don't have something to sell you and particularly don't want to make you afraid. Fear is usually a weapon when it comes to. Uh, our, our system, the status quo, but the the true value of, of thinking linearly is to just see how things evolve over time. I'm cutting this down to a very spare way of thinking about science, but it's a good one. I, I actually think this is really important folks. We all grew up with the media. So we have two sets of people telling us what to do all the time. We have our parents and then we have the media. We have always had the media in our head telling us what to do. Always. And now this woman wants me to tell you to be afraid of your food. That is crazy. And if you keep directing your energy and your focus on what is going on in your head, because somebody put it there rather than your own experience, you will be separate from your own experience. You will not be living your, your actual life through your own experience. You will be separated from the experience of being alive. You will not be living your own life. You're going to be living the life that people who profit from your fear. And why are you afraid? Because they made you afraid. Want you to live. That's my real message here. That's why this department of they actually matters to me is because I want folks to understand the department of they is actually the department of freaking you out. So you don't have any power. And then you don't do things like Elizabeth gets very upset about when you don't go vote. So this is really the point here. Make a relationship with food based on what you want it to be, not what somebody
1: makes you afraid it shouldn't be. So anyhow, there. feel free to comment what she said. Anyone who's listening to this, the fact that you place a value on what our efforts to bring this information to you, the fact that you say, you know what, this is worthwhile and you and you demonstrate that, we want to give something back. We're going to take the names of all of our patrons s- subscribers and toss them into a hat and we're going to pick one. <laughs> so we're going to go to the sorting hat. We're going to reach out to that person that we have called and said, hey, are you up for this fun thing? And the fun thing is, um we are each going to look at your horoscope and Whitney will give her give you her take as a um as a whole sign Astrology. It calls me hell
0: on a stick, but it's Hellenistic. But, that, but that's how that's how
1: iPhone spells Hellenistic. If I dictate Hellenistic, it says hell on hell on a stick. So get this ooh, text
0: from her: dragon, dragon, dragon. Anyway, hell on a stick, astrology, hell
1: on a stick, because that's how iPhone spells it.
0: And dragging was dragons.
1: So dragon, there be dragons.
0: You have thumbs, woman. Use them. Type.
1: No, oh, they hurt. Anyway, um, so we're gonna. We would love to look at your horoscope. I will look at your horoscope through the modern psychological and other fun tricks that I know how to do, and Whitney will give her your her, her amazing insightful perspective, which will blow your doors off.
0: And so then, just- then what we want to do is, you if you if you're okay with this, we, with we, this. We, yeah, we want to share what we. Do with our other patron subscribers, but we would scrub your name and your details and all that kind of stuff. So that, that does it for this episode of off the charts, a stellar newscast. If you enjoy and are not already a subscriber to what we do, then you can become a subscriber at insold.substack.com. If you'd like to share this with others, naturally, we love that as it helps us to grow. And, um, just remember that the status quo is not inevitable. If you'd like more about the forecast on which this podcast is based, you can visit Elizabeth's website. That is at graceastrology.com, just like amazing grace graceastrology.com, and to read the long division of all the things I talk about, you can go to my original newsletter documental.substack.com. That's documental all one word.substack.com. You can also visit of course insoul.substack.com. Got it? That's a lot. We know you can do it. We're also on all of the major podcast apps, including the Substack app. And that's it for now.
1: So I say keep your hearts filled with hope and look up. Look up. Bye. Bye.